Hello, everybody. Welcome to Health Chatter in our episode today on diabetes with a uh, personal reflection from our guest who will be introduced momentarily. And thank you so much for joining us. Um, as you all know, to do a successful podcast, you really need some uh, people behind the scenes. We've got a great crew uh, that are researchers and production people. Our two researchers are Aaron Collins and Maddie Levine-Wolf. Our production manager is Matthew Campbell. And of course, I couldn't do this without um, some great insights from my uh, longtime colleague, Clarence Jones. He and I are, are, are hooked into thinking together, which is really great. The other thing I want to um, highlight is um, our sponsor, Human Partnership, which is a, a wonderful organization. And, and by the way, um, it's probably worthwhile for our listeners to understand how that's spelled, H-U-E-M-A-N. And the idea behind that, and Clarence, you can verify this, is that it doesn't matter what color your skin is. We're all humans and we all need to work on things uh, together. This is a great group and um, we thank them greatly for uh, sponsoring our podcast. So today we have um, a guest with us and I'll leave it to Clarence to introduce his friend and colleague. Thanks, Stan. Um, hello, everybody. This is uh, Clarence Jones, as uh, Stan has said, and um, I'm honored to be uh, with him as well. Uh, I have the honor today of introducing someone that I have known probably for more than um, probably more than 15 years as someone who has worked with uh, with me in terms of community and in terms of fatherhood and in terms of community engagement. Uh, it's really interesting when um, we started talking about this particular topic, which was uh, type two diabetes and diabetes. I immediately thought about him because I've had some personal experiences with TJ that I think he will be sharing with the uh, with with our listening audience about uh, his journey around uh, uh, type two diabetes and how he has not only engaged himself but also how he has engaged the community in this project. TJ is a longtime. I think he's a, he's a native Minnesotan, uh, <clears throat> uh, but uh, uh, definitely been around a long time. He has, uh, he's, he was on KUXL. I don't know if uh, people know what KUXL was, but it was a, a radio station that uh, uh, shut down when the sun went down. Uh, he has been involved with uh, North Point uh, Health and Wellness. Uh, he, he had a, a radio name called Pharaoh Black. It was interesting. I, uh, I went back and uh, took a look at some of his uh, what people thought about him. And uh, it's really amazing how much he is respected in the community. And I think that we are going to be in for a great treat today when we talk to TJ and we listen to him and talk to him about his uh, journey with type 2 diabetes. So just stay, uh, stay tuned and get ready for the ride. Thanks, Thank Clarence. Thanks, TJ, for being with us. So you are not a native of Minnesota. No, I was I born in Brooklyn, New York. Wow, okay. My father died, um, and we, my mother is from, born and raised in Minnesota. 
So we came back to Minneapolis after my father died when I was 18 months old. But, wow. you know, 18 months old, I'm, I'm a native. Yeah, you're a native. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't have an Eastern accent. So that's <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well, listen, uh, thank you so much for, for being with us today. Uh, we also have with us um, one of our researchers, Aaron Collins, who, who also shares with you a, uh, a commonality, namely having, having diabetes as well. So to, to get this going, Give us, TJ, just a, um, a quick personal reflection on uh, someone who is uh, dealing with diabetes. Well, about oh, 20, oh, 20 years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, type 2 diabetes. And I've been on uh, medication ever since. I try and walk. I try to walk 30 minutes every day. I don't always make it, but uh, I drink a lot of water. I try to watch my diet as best I can. I'm not a fanatic about it, but uh, I try to do the right things just to, to stay healthy and stay out of harm's way. So when you were, so 20 years ago, um, I mean, you're young now. And so 20 years ago, you were even younger. And um, so how did that, when you first found out that, that you were diagnosed with, uh, with diabetes, what was your immediate reaction? Um, well, I wasn't afraid. My mother had diabetes and, um, and my grandmother. My grandmother had uh, eyesight problems due to her diabetes. And my mother didn't, well, she wore glasses, but I don't think it was caused by diabetes. And um, for a minute, I was fearful. And I did some research and, and uh, I mentioned it to Clarence. And he said, well, just do the research and find out how to manage it. And so, you know, that's what I've been doing. I listen to the doctors and follow their orders. So I'm trying to do the right things. Is it... Um has it really affected your lifestyle? Not really. You know, I take my pills and uh, get my exercise. I think mostly the exercise and the diet uh, adjustment was the, the biggest thing. You know, um, I had been living a pretty sedentary life simply because I was working so much that uh, I didn't take time out to exercise. But uh, when I was diagnosed, I got back into uh, a walking routine, not necessarily in the gym, but uh, I was getting my exercise. Stan, I'd like to interject right here real quick. Yeah. Uh, uh, TJ, you know, says, well, you know, it didn't happen much, but uh, interesting enough, TJ is definitely an advocate for people taking care of themselves with type 2 diabetes. I actually went out to lunch with him uh, one day and uh, I, was, I was getting ready to drink a sugary drink. And uh, TJ decided that he needed to inform me very quietly and quickly and focused and pointedly that I need to be watching my, uh, my intake of these kinds of things. So TJ, you want to talk a little bit about that? What, what, what stirred you to, uh, I, I don't want to say the term rebuke me, but because you've done it a couple of times. Uh, what was it about diabetes and, and its impact that caused you to be such a, a strong um, proponent for people taking care of themselves and drinking water? Well, 
you know, um, we see so much in our community where people have health challenges. And most of the time it's based around their diet and their lack of exercise. And, uh, you know, knowing you and you being in the health field and going to various meetings occasionally and seeing you there and we talk about these things, you know, one thing that I've, I've learned from you, and nothing that you taught me, but something I picked up was uh, I used to say, hey, man, how you doing? Now I say, hey, man, how's your health? And um, I just I want my friends to be healthy. I want the people in my life to be healthy. And so every, every chance I get, whatever little health note that I know of, I will remind somebody if, you know, the circumstances permit. And I hope you're not drinking no sugary syrup or diet sodas. Neither one of them are too good for you, son. And that's really how you talk to people, too. Like, hey, son, that's, that's not good for you. And I think people appreciate that, which is one of the reasons why I thought you would be a good uh, person from a community perspective to talk about this topic because you see the the health impact of sugary sodas on our community. You have been involved with, you know, you were at North Point, and I mean, you you saw the 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 epidemic of of diabetes and how it was affecting people, and uh, it really caused you, I think, to take a a different approach, even when you're talking to uh, to the fathers, as it relates to these kinds of things and their health. Yeah, um, you know, there's so many things that we do unconsciously or out of habit that you know feels good to us, but it's not good for us. You know, drinking a soda, uh, things like that that have just become habit, and you know, there's so many other alternatives that are so much better for you and taste just as good. So go for the healthy alternative. And in working with, with our men, you know, we always talk about health and how to raise up their children to live a healthy life, make sure that they get them to, uh, to their appointments and, and various things like that. Health maintenance is so important. You know, a lot of people in our community are reactionary to their health rather than preparatory. And if you just get on the health maintenance program, check with your doctor, do your own research. Uh, you'll find out there's a lot of things that you can eliminate or find a healthy alternative to that is so much better for you. And Clarence, I remember you had an event once that I wholeheartedly endorsed was uh, uh, situation, bring your man to the clinic day. Right. And you guys set aside a Saturday and invited all the women to come in for their checkups and things and bring their men for <laughs> some health education. And it was a very successful event. I took a lot of information back to, to the various groups that I work with and continue to share that kind of information. Well, you know, I, pre I appreciate, I appreciate that, that, that shout out. But, you know, I think, TJ, the thing that, that's so important for us right about now really is to talk about how this issue is really impacting our community. I mean, from a, from a, uh, from a, from a, a large perspective and, and why do we need people, 
you know, talking about this topic in a way in which people can really feel like they can do something about it. I, 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 I think many people, when they, when they find out that they have type two diabetes or things like that, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it, as you just talked about, it, it can be fearful, but then you have one or two ways in which you can address it. Either you could, uh, 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 take, take your medicines and be, you know, follow the regimen or else you could just say, forget it. And I think a lot of times people are at that point where they say, just forget it. And then you wind up finding people who are losing their limbs and things of that nature. So what do you say to people? I mean, I, I know that, you know, you're being very, you're being very, uh, uh, quiet now because uh you know you you're not this quiet when it comes to talk about this topic you're very 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 what, what do you tell people i mean when you really when you really are engaged with people and talking about type 2 diabetes what do you really say to them uh i mean and i, I really want you to tell me what you really really say to them all right so our listeners will know that, that sometimes you just got to be real upfront with folks. you do um you know, having been in this community for <laughs> 70 plus years, I'm 76 years old, and uh, I've always been engaged in community. I was a radio announcer, so I'm blessed to know a lot of people in a lot of different groups. And um, so when I run into someone, you know, and I'll say, hey, man, how's your health? And then they'll start to tell me. And then I'll say, well, uh, you know, so-and-so. He lost his left leg uh, the other day because he didn't take care of his diabetes. And, and that's a real wake up call for somebody. You know, it's a different thing to just say, you know, don't drink that soda. But it's another thing to talk about somebody who's lost a limb or has had some other serious reaction because they didn't maintain a healthy uh, lifestyle. So let me ask you and something. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, TJ. I was going to say, when you mention someone that they know that uh, has had a medical crisis, that hits home. And, yeah. you know, I don't mean to be crass about it, but I want them to know that you all know somebody that has diabetes because it's so prominent in our community, in the world. And here in America, you know, um, we get inundated with commercials about unhealthy food. And all of it is mostly sweet stuff that is really no good for anybody that's got diabetes. So we gotta be extra careful about our intake. So let me ask you something um, as it relates to, because you, you alluded to it a little bit. Um, given that this is health, we talk about it from a prevention point of view and also a in in like in your case and also Aaron's case and Aaron feel free to to chime in here from a disease management point of view so before you were diagnosed with with diabetes did you ever think about preventing it given the fact that it was in your family no i didn't you know, um, I would go and get my checkups on a regular basis. And uh, then when the doctor told me that uh, I had prediabetes, um, I said, well, what do I do about it? And he said, well, at this stage, if you do exercise and, and watch your diet and uh, 
you know, just do healthy things, it won't be so bad. And um, I was working and, and, and doing groups and consulting in the evening. So my lifestyle didn't allow me to get in the exercise that I needed. And most of the time I was just grabbing whatever I could grab to eat from one meeting to the other and wasn't planning my meals. Yeah. And so uh, I got on, I ended up having to take the medication. So let's talk about the, uh, so frankly, then the, the prevention now for you is, um, if, I, if I hear you right, is on, on two different levels. One is how it is that you manage it. And then the number two is helping others to prevent it for, for them, which is very noble. And, and thank you for, for, for doing that and, and lending the voice to it. So let's talk about costs, okay? Because, you know, obviously when you have to take medication in order to, uh, to handle your, uh, your diabetes, there are costs to it. Has cost hit you at all? Well, my healthcare plan takes care of my medication, so I don't worry about it. Okay, okay. So and so that so that's good. Um, do you have you found any complications that you've had over the years um, since you were diagnosed with it? Fortunately, no. You know, I've I've been real strict about taking my medication and trying to walk and drink my water and and watching my meals. Uh, so I'm blessed that I haven't had a complication. That's great. So um, Aaron, who is one of our uh, researchers, has, has a, uh, a question for you. Hi, thank you so much for coming on and talking about type 2 diabetes. I think um, the episode that I spoke on just had a different perspective and, and everything you're bringing up and talking about is really great. And I'm loving, loving the discussion so far, but I wanted to bring up um, something that came to mind when we were talking about um, going for the healthier option and not everybody has the opportunity or the ability to go for the healthier option. Um, eating healthy is really expensive. Um, having access to a, a grocery store with plentiful healthy options is sometimes difficult for people. I know just in the Twin Cities, there's a handful of food deserts, which is, you know, an area that doesn't have great access to a, a full service grocery store. Um, and having disparities like this in our community puts you at a greater risk for having type two diabetes or pre-diabetes. And I'm just wondering what's the right answer to address that access and, and try to decrease that disparity for these communities. How do we, how do we change that, that food access to make it easier to have healthier options? Because you're right, going for the healthier option is better for your diabetes and is the better option overall, but not everybody has that option. So I wanted to talk about that. Well, I agree. That, yeah, there's a lot of, of uh, deserts in our community. And well, the first thing we have to dialogue about it. Those of us that care about it have to raise the awareness of others. And those that are active in the movement need to get more active. Um, 
You know, we've been talking about this for years and I haven't seen much of a change. That's interesting that you said that. And Aaron, that, that was an excellent question because, you know, Stan, you were talking about this is that, you know, TJ, you work a lot with, with, with men and in the community and there's a lot of homelessness that we are confronted with. And a lot of those people that are, that are homeless are also affected by this type two diabetes. Do you have conversations or have you heard uh, how people who are uh, trying to manage this? I mean, I mean, I, I can tell you that, that you know, uh, people don't have refrigerators. I mean, Erin has type one, so they don't, have, she doesn't, they, they don't have refrigerators in these homeless camps. Uh, they don't have a way to to uh, 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 store the the uh, medicine safely. Have you run across that in terms of this issue? I mean, this is a broader issue, and Erin, you can get into this as well about the the challenges that people have with diabetes uh, in these various communities. Well, one thing that comes to mind, Clarence, is the fact that they're not able to communicate on a regular basis with the healthcare provider. You know, they don't have an address. Half the time they don't have a cell phone. And so their, their communication is stinted to the point where they can't be in ongoing communication with a doctor or a nurse or some type of medical provider that can keep them informed. Uh, you know, they hop around from location to location uh, and every time they move, they lose something and God forbid that they lose medication if they have it at all. So, let, so one of the big things is access to, to the necessary care. So I assume, uh, TJ, that you've got good access, right? Through with your, with your physicians and healthcare personnel. Is that, is that correct? Oh yeah. Okay. I make so, friends with my doctors. Right. Which is, which, by the way, we've brought up that particular point um, with different um, medical issues. A good, trusted relationship with your medical provider, I think, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, is almost vital when it comes to dealing with a, um, a chronic disease like diabetes. Has that helped you? I mean, maintaining a good trusted relationship with your medical person, has that helped? Yes. Um, early on, you know, doctors have a certain window to see you, like 10 or 15 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. And, uh, and then they're on to the next patient. Well, I stand in front of the door so that they can't exit. And I ask <laughs> the questions that I need the answers for, you know. And I'm six feet, 220 pounds. And so, you know, but I mean, I'm not intimidating or not trying to be intimidating because when I do it, I do it in a casual manner. I usually hang my jacket or anything that I have on that hook by the door. And so I just grab that and then turn around so it doesn't look like, you know, I'm barricading them in. But, uh, you know, I want my answers. Yeah. And I want clarification. And I try to be as, as polite and proper about it as I can so that I don't make an enemy of them and, and let them know that I'm concerned about my health. I want you to be as concerned and not just give me the quick, you know, the quick and easy answer and, and rush out the door. 
Yeah. I want I want to bring Aaron back in and TJ. I want I want to uh, to pull you in as well with this question. Aaron asked this question about access. Uh, you uh, you talked about the access. What is the what is the the language or the communication that we should be having, or what should the community be talking about as it relates to this issue of diabetes? Uh, you've all you've all, you've expressed that um, that there are some challenges to this, but you know, Aaron comes from a, a a different perspective. You come from a different perspective. We all got our different perspectives. But between the two of you, what is what what should be the community's response to this issue? of how we could possibly address the issue of diabetes, type one, type two. What should the community be doing? I'll let Erin answer first. Well, my answer is, is gonna come from a health policy perspective. I think our country doesn't do a good enough job of making sure people have the supplies and medications that they need to make themselves healthy. For example, I'm in a battle right now to get test strips. I'm a type one diabetic. I have been for four years and I'm going back and forth with the nurse in my endocrinology office asking for test strips. So I think making supplies for diabetics free or at a minimal cost is legislation that has to happen in the next few years. Diabetes isn't going away. In fact, it's getting worse. So having insulin cap laws, um, making test strips free to anybody who needs them or wants them. If you think you need to be checking your, your blood sugar, if you were told you're pre-diabetic, you should go out and get a blood glucose monitor and check your blood sugar every day or every other couple of days. So, you know, like you should have access to these supplies that allow you to have peace of mind about, about your health, especially with a chronic disease that doesn't go away. It's, it's my big mad is what I like to call it. I get very angry thinking about the fact that people die because they can't afford their supplies. So I think the very first thing that needs to happen is discussion around policy and how that's going to be politically achievable, bringing just overall access to supplies and medication. I think then after that, we need to find where the gaps still lie, because I think that a lot of the gaps come from the fact that people just can't afford supplies and medication. So where do the gaps still lie after um, we address policy issues? And then, and then I think go from there. Does anybody else have any other perspectives on that? Well, let me say this real quick before TJ answers. Aaron, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, you know, as I go through my community, sometimes I'm looking at the, uh, at the uh, wooden posts, uh, I don't know, the electrical posts. And I see signs about sell me your sell me your test strips, sell me your diabetes test strips. I mean, we'll pay you top money. I didn't realize. I mean, I mean, I don't know, you know, but I didn't. But that's a, that's a great market. I mean, I've seen it everywhere on, on these polls. Uh, sell, sell us your test strips. So it's obviously a uh, it's obviously an issue. I mean, you're talking about this. I, I, I just never realized that. So when I see those signs now, I, I understand a little bit better that people, well, people can't get them. For people who, who don't buy test strips or like diabetes isn't a, a worry in their life, it's not something that they think about. I mean, the test strips sit behind the pharmacy counter. So if you're not needing it, you're not looking at it. Right now, if I were to go to the store and buy what I need, it's $150 for about a month's supply of test strips. 
out of the pocket. Insurance does not cover it unless they have an, uh, an active prescription. So anybody who's coming in uninsured or um, doesn't have an active prescription is paying full ticket price. But, you know, some people may not even know that you can get a prescription from your doctor for those. And that's what I'm trying to do, but I can't even get that. So it is, it's crazy. It is so frustrating. And I, I truly think that like, that's the first step to, to making this more accessible and equitable, just having it available to people who need it. So we're dealing with, you know, basically two things around access, access to care is, is one thing. Uh, In other words, that to a certain extent, that's information and then access to what you actually need in order to maintain or disease manage your, your diabetes, like in this case, um, whether it be um, medication, whether it be um, insulin, whether it be test strips. And some people, you could be uninsured or underinsured and still face th- those problems. So from a policy perspective, these are, these are very, very important to, to consider. Let me bring up this other point, um, and maybe both of you can can respond to this a little bit. Okay, so unfortunately, we were dealing with with COVID. Okay, and by the way, to our audience, we're still dealing with COVID. COVID isn't isn't over. It's it's managed a little bit better now, but it's it's not over. But at any rate, hold on, Stan. Before you say that, uh, I just heard on the news that COVID was over. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you what I heard now. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I don't, I, okay, okay, okay. 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 Um, all right. So um, my question was this is um, telecommunications. Okay. Whether, whether or not. So were you able to see, for instance, your physicians, your healthcare professionals in person? Or did you do it via uh, Zoom meetings, et cetera? Respond to that a little bit. Well, I meet with my doctors in person. I haven't tried the, uh, the teleconference uh, appointments yet. But let me say something. Aaron brought up something very important about the test strips. And... Um, I haven't used test strips in about three years. And I'm not bragging about it. I'm just saying it was out of my price range. And my numbers had been so consistent for probably two, three years prior to that, that I thought I didn't need them. And every time I go for a checkup, um, my numbers are still in the good range. So I just maintain myself with my diet, my exercise, and my medication. But if I was to have an episode, it would be because I can't afford the, the test strips. Yeah, and that that to me is a crime. There really should, it shouldn't, access to that type of thing should should be available for, for everybody. Let me, um, uh, TJ, you know, Aaron knows this, but TJ, we've had a show on what we called um, gadgets, health, health related gadgets. Um, so as it relates to your diabetes, do you use any gadgets? Okay, you know, it's like, you know, to help you monitor things, whether it's your, um, your exercise routine, 
uh, on a watch or or monitoring your steps on a uh, on a on a cell phone do you use those types of of things to give you some kind of visual or mental cues on managing your your diabetes not now i was talking with my oldest son the other day and he has one of those uh I think it's a Fitbit watch or whatever it is that monitors everything. And uh, he had mentioned that I should get one. And I said, well, I got a birthday coming up next month. <laughs> so <laughs> perhaps I'll have one next month. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is um, to a certain extent, if I heard you right, you you listen to your to your body you you have internal cues that you can almost tell when things are maybe out of whack a little bit to the point where you don't need for instance test strips even um Aaron do you do you do that as well do you kind of listen to your to yourself more than using uh gadgets I think it's a uh it's a share a mix methods approach um sometimes technology is not always right and if my continuous glucose monitor dexcom g6 says i'm at 40 but i feel fine and i'm walking and talking i am going to check my blood sugar with a test strip because i don't feel like i'm at 40 you get what i'm saying so i kind of take methods that way Okay. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's, that's good to know. So, um, community. So this is where, where Clarence comes in. There are communities and populations that are certainly at, um, higher risk of, of diabetes. The black community certainly is one in the, in the, um, in the state of, of Minnesota. So, what should we do from a community perspective, besides being a voice, which obviously the, the, the two of you are, but what else do you think communities should be involved with in order to address, whether it be diabetes or for, or for that matter, other risk factors that um, might be connected to it. Like for instance, high blood pressure is another, is another um, risk factor for like the, the black community. How is it that communities can get more engaged? Well, well let, me, let me say this. One of the things that I, I think that is not occurring within our community really is the real conversation around type two diabetes. And when I say that, I mean that there is not a, a, a consistent uh, messaging among the healthcare practitioners that I, and, 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 and again, I'm not speaking of everything. I'm just speaking just very generally, because I know that there are some, there's some organizations that are doing some really phenomenal work, but I think it would be good for the healthcare organizations to have a, a community-wide conversation, a consistent community-wide conversation about the issues of diabetes and what it means, but give, but listen to the community to see how they will receive the messages. You know, when TJ talked about, uh, uh, you know, sharing the story about uh, somebody who lost their leg or lost their foot or, you know, lost their fingers, you know, uh, 
uh, that's not necessarily something that that people talk about. I don't know if it's something that, that people like to avoid. I mean, the, the shock value comes. And I think a lot of times people, they get shocked and they go back and do the same thing again. They just keep repeating the, the piece. So I think that the part of what I'm hoping will happen is the, the idea that we bring this up, that we understand how important this issue is. We understand how important the, uh, what, what the impact of it is for our community. And then we, we meaning healthcare practitioners come together to figure out how do we truly engage people in this conversation? I know that people know about diabetes. I know that people, when they hear the term diabetes, they, 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 they heard that term before, but I don't know that people know what diabetes really, really is, you know? And so it, it, it is that constant, that constant reminder. That's one of the reasons why I like TJ is because, well, one of the reasons I like TJ, but, uh, the, but but the the fact is, I've seen him in action, so that 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 when we're out, in fact, he did it to, to somebody else that I know. I kind of laughed at him, but but I know that he will, whether it's it, it's uh it, it's purposeful or not, he will consciously tell somebody about the importance of taking care of their health, and instead of drinking sugary waters or drinking diet pops, those kinds of things. So I think that the, the 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 key piece for me, and I'm glad that we're having this conversation. I'm glad that uh, you know, like I said, I'm glad that Aaron talked about the whole issue around the strips and and the food, and and TJ is talking about the the engagement. I think we just have to have better conversations about this if we truly want to address the issue. So from 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 a community perspective, for me, <clears throat> it's important that we have people like like them on this kind of program, well, we can just talk very candidly about what the real, what the real deal is. You know, um, I'm a type two diabetes. I have type two di diabetes. And I, you know, I'm, you know, that's, that's uh, self-disclosure and I'm not all that good at it. You know, and I, I, I acknowledge that and it's not, I'm not proud of it. I, I just went to the doctor too. So, you know, he didn't say anything about my type two, so I must not be doing too, too bad, but I think it's one of those kind of things where if you have to be conscientious of it and you have to be reminded of it because the impact of it is is that you could possibly become uh, blind, uh, you could lose a kidney. I mean, there's all these kind of things that are going on. And and Stan, while we're doing this, I want to do the, a quick plug, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to be doing a, a men's health fair over at LifeSource on November the 17th where we're going to be having people from our community who have had uh, diabetes, uh, who will uh, uh, be able to share their stories as well. So November Wonderful. the 17th uh, over at LifeSource, uh, but, but we do need to have more conversations about this and we need to make people more aware of, uh, of its importance and also its dangers. Yeah. So let me ask, well, I could ask Clarence as well. Um, does diabetes hang over your heads like a cloud? Like no matter where you go, no matter what you do, when you go to a restaurant, are you always thinking about it? When you, when you exercise, are you always thinking about it? In your daily ongoing lives, are you always, is it always kind of a, a monkey on your shoulder, so to speak? I can go first on that one. Yeah. Um, I'm unfortunately going to say yes. Um, 
I am constantly checking my blood sugar. I'm very active. I did a triathlon this fall and I was checking it all throughout the triathlon. I had snacks on snacks on snacks stuffed in every pocket. I had panics that I was going to drop in the middle of the race. I mean, I, I'm always prepared. Um, and I, I don't want to say it hangs over me like a cloud. I more would like to say that I'm just over-prepared. Um, life hands you hands of cards that aren't always favorable. And it's kind of how you take those cards and uh, make something out of it. I mean, I'm trying to be like positive about it. I don't think, I don't think it's a cloud. I think everybody has things in their life that aren't great. This is, this is my thing in my life that isn't great, but you got to deal with it because there's so many other aspects to life that are so much better than dealing with diabetes that this is just one thing that I have to deal with to enjoy all the other aspects of life, like completing a triathlon. Well put, well put. TJ, uh, what about for you? Is it, is, does it hang over you at all? Well, it's always on my mind. I, you know, like I said, I try to make my meal planning and everything very conscientious so that I don't have an episode. I've never had one, but you know, that's because I'm conscious of it and, yeah. and want to prevent it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Clarence, we go to a lot of different meetings and a lot of meetings have food and we need to tell the caterers or whoever we order from that uh, half of the people in the room have some type of diabetes because they do. And so we need to adjust the, uh, the diet order or the, the food order to, uh, to meet the audience. Just like when you address an audience, you want to know who they are. And when you feed them, you want to know what their condition is. So we need to be careful about that. Yeah. Yeah. Clarence, your thoughts, does it hang over your head? You know what? I'm, I'm conscious of it. You know, it was, it's funny, TJ, you mentioned, uh, uh, you mentioned food at a, at a banquet. I had, a, I, I was, and I, I'm not going to say, but anyway, I just was at a banquet, man. It was the worst food I ever had in my life. But anyway, um, uh, you're right. Uh, we should be conscientious. We should, we should, those of us who are preparing these, 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 um, these functions should be aware that there is a, uh, there are health issues that many of the people in our audience might, might be having. And so we should find a way to try to address that. Uh, I, I think sometimes people are, I don't know, it, it, it's, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Okay, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I don't think that we have we we have these kinds of conversations enough. And I don't I think that in these kinds of conversations we have this opportunity to really rethink how we do things. And as you know, and everybody know, you know, there's a lot of things you're right. There's a lot of things that I go to and things like that. And I should have a a a a better voice in terms of trying to address the health issues. Because people always say, well, what can we do to make us more healthier? Well, I never thought about the food choices, you know, for a menu. Uh, so, you know, and I didn't, I didn't realize what Erin had to do just to run a marathon. Yeah. You know, I mean, stuff in her pockets with snacks and stuff like that, checking her blood. I mean, you know, uh, that's very, you know, I'm very 
proud, happy for her that she's that she's taking those steps to make sure that 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 she has a healthy life. And I think that's what we don't talk enough about is the challenges that we, people have with these kind of diseases. And we need to be more sensitive and aware of of how we as a community could be more helpful. So I'm taking away from this the idea of thinking more about the diabetes, thinking more about the healthy snacks, you know, because, you know, not the Cheetos and not the, you know, Mountain Dew and all those kind of things. When we go out, we do our, our, our health outreach. You know, we got to do more about the water. So um, last thoughts, Aaron. Clarence, you know, you can still have your Cheetos every once in a while. Just it's all about portions, you know, not every day with lunch, but every once in a while is OK. Um, you also have to have I, discipline. You also have <laughs> discipline. And sometimes we don't have discipline. Hey, it only takes 21 days to form a habit. 21 oh. days of discipline. You're golden. <laughs> OK. Uh, <laughs> I want to make one more plug for the conclusion of, of the episode um i am serving on the executive board of the phillips neighborhood clinic which is a student-run free clinic through the university of minnesota and we're putting together a diabetes specialty night on i think it's november let me double check to make sure november 14th the clinic is open from 6 to 9 p.m and at this night we're gonna have um nutrition educators, nurse educators that will have materials on nutrition for diabetes, um, education materials on how to best manage diabetes. Uh, we'll have free test strips, we'll have point of care testing. So if you wanted to get your hemoglobin A1C checked for free, you could also do that. If you wanted to see a doctor and have medication like metformin refilled or a prescription written for metformin, you can also do that. And all of our services are 100% free. Again, November 14th from 6 to 9 p.m. I think it's a really, really great opportunity for people who are struggling with the prices associated with managing their diabetes. So if that sounds like something that you'd be interested in, head into clinic on November 14th and I'd be there and love to see people. Wonderful. So we have more. Wonderful. Great. And also, Clarence mentioned um, LifeSource, which is going to be having a, um, a meeting as well. So last thoughts from you, TJ. Well, I'm glad I was invited to be a part of this conversation. I've learned. And, and that's what the whole thing is all about, is educating people. I think that uh, <clears throat> we need to make these conversations more prevalent in our community. Um, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of gatherings are, uh, around food. And, uh, so maybe when we're serving the food, we just need to remind folks, you know, if, if you're blood sensitive and you have diabetes, you know, maybe you want to pass on this little piece of dessert over here. And, uh, there's a piece of fruit that you can have as an option or whatever, but we need to provide the options and not just put it on the uh, the guest because the guests are going to gobble up everything we serve. Right. <laughs> and it's hard, you know, it's, you know, yeah. you know, think, you know, it tastes good or whatever. It, it, it's, it's totally understandable. Well, I want to, I want to thank um, 
actually the three of you for being um, open and honest about uh, the condition you have, some of the um, the things that that you are facing, and hopefully our 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 listening audience um, will appreciate and take it to heart. So many, many thanks. And I hope that you, the three of you, Clarence and TJ and Aaron, go forward in, um, in good health. For our, listening audience, for our listening audience, that, that concludes Health Chatter for today. Keep Health Chatting away. The, uh, our next show will be on hearing with Dr. Arkel Giorgio. So stay tuned for that as well. So until then, bye for now. <laughs>